Hey fam, welcome to the Still Coloring Podcast with Tony Collier. I am your host, Tony Collier, and each series we lean into the stories of women and men that uncover their brokenness and practically show us all how they've rebuilt their lives with hope and grit. Come on, come on, let's lean in. Hey friends, it's Tony Collier and I am so proud, so incredibly proud to announce that this season of the Still Coloring Podcast is sponsored by Bart Technologies. One of the biggest mistakes that I've ever made as a parent is not taking technology and its dangers seriously. I mean, y'all already know our kids are being exposed to some incredibly horrific things. However, if you follow me on Instagram, you probably heard a little bit about my journey and my partnership with them. I did some research on Bark Technologies through the help of my amazing Instagram community, and it has been incredible. They have been helping me navigate this world for technology for my daughter, Dylan, and one day, my little baby boy, Sammy. And as you probably know, technology can be a major contributor to mental health issues in our little kids today. So, Thank you, Bark, for sponsoring this season as we discuss little kids with big feelings. Keep listening. You'll hear a little bit more about Bark Technologies later. Hey, fam, it's Tony. I'm so excited because I got my girl, Dr. Morgan Cutliff, on this season of the Still Coloring Podcast. Y'all know we're talking about little kids with big feelings. And one of the things that I really wanted to make sure is that I had parents on real live parents that are in the thick of it that helped us to process through this process through this idea of having these little bitty humans and figuring out how to raise them and how to balance well well dr morgan cutlip comes on the show and actually says maybe we shouldn't balance at all maybe it's about something else maybe it's about self-care maybe it's about as a mom momming yourself every once in a while this is an interesting episode and she She talks about some hard things that the world may seem to agree with, but she says may be toxic or really, really bad for us when it comes to being healthy moms who don't burn out and who don't get crushed by the weight of mom guilt. This is a good one. Share it with a friend, another mom that really needs to hear that sometimes we have to mom ourselves. Check it out. All right, guys, we are back again with another episode of the Still Coloring Podcast. And you know what's really fun? You guys know this. I really do my best to have like experts, licensed professional therapists, doctors, all the things. And on this season, baby, I got two doctors. Just want to put that out there. (laughs) Dr. Chinway Williams, she was amazing. She's a trauma therapist. She helps kids process through trauma. It's just good stuff. And now... I got another doctor because we're fancy on the Still Coloring Podcast, okay? Dr. Morgan Cutlip, how are you doing, girl? I'm good. Thank you for having me. Oh, my God. Okay, tell us <laughs> what you do, what your background is in, all the things. Oof. Okay. Maybe not uh, all the things. You know what I'm saying. I know all the things. I'm like, where do I begin? Not do um, So I have been in the field of relationship education for over 15 years. I worked alongside my dad for a long time. He's got his doctorate in psychology and... Um, he was like writing courses before like everybody and their uncle had courses. And so I kind of grew up, man, he got his PhD when I was in grade school and I would go to classes with him, started going to conferences with him all through high school, started speaking with him in college and grad school. Oh so my I gosh. Grew up, yeah. I grew up sort of in the culture of taking psychological theory and, and research and translating it into practical usable tools. So I've been in that space 
for a long, long time. But when I was around maybe like 18, 19, I remember riding in the car with my dad and telling him, someday I'm going to carve out my space by doing something for women. But I just didn't really know what that looked like, right? And then fast forward many, many years, and our daughter Effie is born. She's 10 now, which is absolutely bananas. But uh, I was like, I I went into motherhood thinking I would dominate. Oh, this is my Well, we all did. Well, we all did. We all did, right? I'm like, we're about to crush this. What, what y'all, how many kids you want to give me, God? I'm about to crush it. <laughs> That's totally how I felt. I was like, this is, I was made for this. Are you kidding me? I've got degrees, you know? Like, I've sent my normal parents. I got degrees. I'm going to be great. And um, oh my gosh, it smacked me so hard upside the head. I felt totally shocked by the loss of freedom. I don't know if Effie was difficult. She felt very difficult to me. She is also a strong-willed child. Um, lots of fire. I call it like she's my fiery spirit. She's wonderful, but she felt hard. And um, <laughs> yeah, she, I just like from the beginning felt like I was falling short when I expected to be really good at it. And then some life circumstances, my husband got relocated for work. We did a lot of months apart when she was little and um, resentment built, you know, just, I was like, you don't know how to handle our scary baby. And also he didn't jump in enough. And so just like the accumulation of stuff left me feeling really buried and lost in motherhood. And I knew, I I didn't know the answer, but I knew at some point I would emerge from that kind of like haze that we're all in in early motherhood. And I was like, I'm gonna, I want to help moms navigate this more Mm. empowered. And, um, I don't know the answer, but I have the skill sets to figure it out. So that's what I've been doing. And that is what you do. I follow yeah. you on the Instagrams. And oh, I, when, thank you. Listen, when we talked about this this season, I was like, oh, here we go. You came recommended. I was like, oh, I'm in. I'm a stalker <laughs> of your Instagrams now. <laughs> oh, I have and no idea. Well, here's what's happening, though. I, I think it's evident that you are producing content and providing strategies and resources, obviously out of a place of skill, but out of a place of passion and yeah. relatability. And you can see it like you've been there. Thank and you. so I love it when people are putting content out from passion because it's like well, you can like smell it on them. You're like, you are. This <laughs> means something to you. It means everything to it me. It means everything to you. And it translates super well. Now I'm going to ask you. you a question, but honestly, I'm a little ashamed. OK, embarrassed is a better word because I don't have shame no more. I left that in 2020. Good. That one crazy year, remember? <laughs> uh, but oh, you talk with women, mom specifically, about burnout and guilt. Mm -hmm. And I don't want to talk about that, okay? So just act like I have all those things perfected. Okay. And I didn't just burn out this year (laughs) and have to take a sabbatical. (laughs) Okay. Um, Let's act like it's not for me. It's for the other moms that are listening in. (laughs) Talk to us a little bit about why it feels like a lot of moms are currently experiencing burnout and we're drowning in guilt and shame. I mean, all the things. What's happening? Help us. Okay. I think I I mean, there's no like right or wrong answer here, but I believe there's three contributing factors. I think the first is that we're sort of in a um, like we can do it all and be it all type of time in our lives. I feel like women are now like not only am I going to take care of the kids, but I'm also I'm guilty of this as well. I'm also going to homeschool and I'm also going to, you know, do a side hustle or a full time hustle while at home with no childcare. So I think we're in this place 
where we are really like piling way more on our plates and and not leaving the simple life behind a little bit. I think there's some people who are trying to like reclaim that. The but soft I think life is what we are begging yes, for, right? Yes, yes we need yeah. it. We need yeah. a soft life. I think that's one piece. So we're spread thin. I think women are spread thin. And so when we're spread thin, um, because we're regularly sort of programmed with these belief systems that we need to make our needs small, uh, in order to preserve and care for our relationships, that when we're spread thin, it's like who gets sacrificed? It's us. And so I think we are the first to be backburnered. Mm. I think another contributing factor is um, we live like this intensive parenting movement. We parent now with so much more hypervigilance than I think even 100%. our parents' generation. Oh, where it's that's like, good. It's like, oh, you know, is my is the is this playroom Montessori enough? Is it stimulating? Am I am I like entertaining my kids enough? Am I providing enough extracurriculars? Are they, you know, we're am I phrasing this the right way or am I gonna leave them traumatized because I said the words wrong? Like we are just living in this time where we're trying to break cycles, we're trying to repair what we feel like our past generations didn't do well, and it's a beautiful thing. But when you take something like that to extreme, it's exhausting, it's stressful, and I think we're like uptight sometimes about how we approach parenting. Gosh, yes. That's You're the, like just you describing me. It? When my husband listens to this, he's going to be like, yeah, I remember that one time you scoured the internet for a Montessori bookshelf. Remember that? I'm like, uh-huh. Yeah, where you like feel bad enough your toys aren't all wooden. Like, what are we doing to ourselves? Oh, it's absolutely, no kid... I mean, I don't know. There are kids. I my niece and nephew have Montessori toys and they love them. But like our kids You're are like, give me the buttons. Talking about me. I know. Give me the buttons. Oh, They're like, it can't the be too bright. It can't be too colorful. It can't be too. My mom sit like my son, all these little things and have us like, mom, it's got to be black and white. I mean, what are you doing here? This is just way too much color. <laughs> or it's even like stuff like you'll see, like, don't praise your kids too much. You know, or don't do this. You're going to raise a codependent. Like there's a lot like it feels like the stakes are really high and parenting and I think it's exhausting to live in that sort of like like hyper vigilant intensified state in parenting so I think that's number two number three is that um and this is the most obvious one which is that we just have like oh we live in an information overload and comparison culture and so it's like I can think of it in a million ways like one way for me that it showed up was that um all like the experts that exist and I know I contribute I try to be very careful with how I present content but there are a lot of experts out there and it's like they're providing information in like one little context it doesn't take your context into consideration and so we we like consume it and we'll be like why isn't this working for us like our daughter started having demonic tantrums they were like i was like she's possessed like i don't know what's going on with her we have the same um, kid she, what's going on i don't yes. know if my kid's oh, living we, at your house right now okay we can talk about all this but like she had these crazy wild wild tantrums i was like not prepared i thought we were gonna do this like oh it's time out and we'll chat about it and we'll like skip off in the sunset and um everything i was consuming was like name the emotion talk about the emotion name it to tame it i would say that to her and she would come at me it would get worse that didn't work for us it wasn't a and so i feel like when we consume stuff like that um, that doesn't fit for our context or our kid, what we end up a lot of times doing is feeling like we're doing something wrong, like there's something wrong with me or there's something wrong with my kid or the both of us. And so, 
the information we consumed and then the comparison. There's always somebody who's, you know, prettier, skinnier, richer, has Girl. a better behaved child, more, right? All the things. Yeah. yeah. Better filter. Yep. So all these things combined, I think, create an atmosphere that's like we're primed for burnout. That's good. All this stuff going on. Oh, my gosh. I feel so righteously convicted right now. It's, <laughs> it's like it's so funny. It's like it's no wonder you burned out in the summer because the last summer you had your baby and you were like, this time I'm getting it right. Oh, this gosh. time I'm going to do everything so perfect. Da, 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 da. And it's interesting because it it almost <laughs> is literally like the antithesis. Like it's the opposite of what we want. Like we're striving to be the best parents and we're driving ourselves into being the worst parents. Yes. Oh, I say that all the time. It's I like, don't like that. It's terrible. Like all we want. And like the yeah. really like sweet side of this is like we're really all wanting to be, especially the this generation of millennials and, and younger generations, we're really wanting to be amazing parents. And we're working, we are working our butts off to be amazing parents. But you're, what you said is so spot on, which is that in the service of our relationships that matter most, we sacrifice so much of ourselves, become burnt out, grumpy, irritable in the relationships that matter most, which ends up hurting them. And so we are not, yeah. doing ourselves it's or like, our children I never want to yell at my kid it's like I never want to yell at my kid I'm not going to do it I'm going to make sure I'm yelling at my kid because this is just so hard I, just, <laughs> I know but it's interesting okay so so this is hard though because I feel like we know what's at stake if we don't care or we aren't as intentional with our kids we know what's at stake because for a lot of us our parents didn't pay attention to any of this dismissed our mm -hmm. feelings we're not talking about bypassing here right like no we're talking about kind of the pendulum of being mindful and aware of how you treat your kids and talk to your kids and how you create healthy humans and also being healthy yourself i wonder what's at stake if we don't get this right like if we don't really start to put up boundaries and guardrails around our energy and our time and we keep hitting burnout what's at stake for moms yeah, I think there's like lots of levels of what's at stake. I mean, the basic stuff we hear most about is like, well, stress or depression, anxiety, mental health issues and diagnoses, autoimmune stress is a huge factor in autoimmune. Women have 80% of people diagnosed with autoimmune are, are women. And I know there's multiple factors there, but stress is a big factor. So we have like that side of things. <laughs> like real I, disease. Okay. Yeah, disease. You're going to get yeah. sick. And then, okay. <laughs> and then I think Goodness. the other side is like all the relational um, like sort of consequences that we can experience, which is just like distance in our relationships or um, rupture in our partnerships. I mean, this stuff all affects one another, which is something we always need to remember. You know, our relationships don't occur in isolation. They are dynamics that work together. And so when we're when we are um, when we're just like wasting away that impacts all of our other relationships. So disconnection, irritability. And I think like, I feel like everybody knows a mom like this, which is if you, you know that mom where you, her kids are gone, they're grown up, but she poured everything into those children. And now she's like, doesn't even recognize herself, but it's mm. not even just that, but she sort of resents her children for having Ooh. their a life of their own. You know that mom who makes the passive aggressive oh, comment? Like, I was just, I and they say it. Yeah, see you're out with your friends again. I hope you have a good time. Don't worry about us. We're over here, right? Like, you know that. You're holding on by a thread. Yeah, well, right. it's the thread. It's the, you did it, girlfriend. Yes. Oh my yes. gosh. 
And it's like you hurt for those mamas because they really poured themselves into their kids. Yeah. But but by doing it, they're now bitter and resentful. Mm. And that's going to create a wedge in their relationships. So I there's a lot at say, stake. Yeah, I just want to say this. Nobody is talking about this. Nobody is talking right? about it in the way that you are because this is so interesting to me. It's like we're doing our best to be great moms. Like everything that we hear, you're right, when it comes to parenting right now in this season, in this time of our humanity is do this, do that so you don't jack up your kids. Like you're just yes. going to have to go for it. And I, what we're talking about is something really unique here because what we're saying is there is a balance. And I think like I'm an all in or nothing type girl. I used to pride myself on that. And I was like, no, yeah. that's a weakness because I'm either mm-hmm. going to run through a freaking wall or I'm dying. And that's like, we got to get some balance here, fam. Like, I feel like the soft life that you're talking about is a balanced life. Is that right? Am I processing that well? You were doing so great. I love how you're reflecting it back to me. I'm like, I need to take notes on how you're saying, (laughs) repeating back to me what I'm saying, because I like how you say it. So a couple of things. Um, How do I want to say it? Okay, so I am like, hmm. So my book begins with a chapter. So I'm not mm. disagreeing with you, but I want to elaborate on help what you're me, Help me, help me. No, help it me. Be- Correct it, be- <laughs> it begins with a chapter um, that's called Balance is Baloney. And the idea behind mm. this is that we, we are sort of fed this myth that we can achieve some perfect, sustainable balance in our life, in our relationships. And I mean, you name it, we're all after balance. And we sort of think like, okay, you know, if I just like, turn the dials the right way. I'm going to find it. I'm going to stay there. And then what happens is, because we usually will find it for a minute and then we get messed up and then we're like, what did I do wrong? I had it. I lost it. And so we end up feeling really bad when we Mm. can't stay balanced. And that's good. I believe instead that life just has a way of pulling our relationships apart. It just does. The beautiful, the good, the painful. Like it's just... You know, excite having a baby. It's awesome and a blessing and beautiful, but it's really inconvenient for your relationship with your partner. Like it's just a natural part of life. So the idea is our relationships are going to get be pulled out of balance, um, but they don't autocorrect. And so we, if we leave them out of balance, we don't do anything about it. We're going to develop vulnerabilities that never really get repaired. This this applies to all our relationships, even in relationship with God. Like it applies, right? Like we can drift. And so um, the third point is if, if you can believe the first two assumptions, then the third is we have to be active managers of our relationships. And so we have to learn how to check in on them, turn the dials, make some adjustments. And so that's in my book. That's what I teach moms how to do. I give a framework. What are you checking in on? What is a relationship? What does that look like? What are you checking in on? How do you turn those dials to um, when you're out of balance, when you're feeling disconnected? And, you know, I the the like marching order of my book is mother yourself like you mother your kids because we already have the skills. We're doing it for our kids. We just don't do it often enough for ourselves. And so it's not about mom coming first. It's about mom being considered, mom getting a turn. Getting Um, a turn. You're right. I love your word pendulum. That's how our relationships work. Okay, yeah. but I love mom getting a turn because yeah. I want a turn to be like nurtured. I want yeah. a turn for someone to cut my carrots. I'm like, somebody else cut these freaking carrots. <laughs> Steam these carrots and cut them for me. Yeah. 
If you are a parent or a caregiver today, you know just how hard it can be raising kids in the digital age. The struggle is real, y'all. When it comes to balancing screen time, keeping kids safe from dangerous websites and all the countless other threats out there, y'all know it can be a challenge. And it's hard to know where to start. The Bark Phone is the answer parents have been looking for. It was built by a dad of two looking to keep his own kids safe online. And let me tell you, the reviews are popping. As a Bark Phone parent, you manage literally everything your child can do on their device, from who they can text, what apps they can download, and even when they can use them. The best part of this is that it's all customizable. If your child is young, you can block everything and just allow text and talk. As they get older, you can gradually add in games, apps, social media if you want, and you can scale back at any time too, if your kid just needs a little breather. Now, Bark's technology can also scan text messages, emails, other apps, social media, and alerts you to potential dangers like bullying, online predators, sexting, suicidal ideation, and so much more. For peace of mind, when your child is out and about, you can also use Bark's GPS location tracking to keep an eye on them. Not in the market for a new kid's phone, but still interested in keeping your kids safer online. Bark also has a safety app that you can put on iPhones, Androids, Chromebooks, iPads, and even Kindles. So here's what I want you to do. Check out Bark technology for your family. Visit info.bark.us slash Tony. I'm going to say that one more time. Visit info.bark.us slash Tony. Listen, you will not regret protecting your kids. Okay, I have two things to say. I know people are like, what's the book? Like, I, as soon as you said it, I know my listeners are like, let me pull over on the side of the road so I can search it. Okay, you already said it, but I just want to make sure we say it again. Love your kids without losing yourself. Yes. Like, that's the book. fam, what? <laughs> like, this is the pendulum. Surprise. The pendulum yeah. comes with a resource and it's a book. Thank you so much. I just want to say that. Number two, it feels like what you're saying is a saying I heard probably like seven years ago at this point. And I've been trying to master it, but Lord, it just don't work for me yet because <laughs> I'm out of pocket. It's, it's like you're saying for moms, we need to break up with balance and marry priorities. And, and here's the difference, like priorities change, right? Mm -hmm. So like when I first had my small little whippersnapper, who I love so very much, my little squishy baby boy, Sammy. Mm -hmm. Oh my gosh. I was like, first of all, I was sleeping downstairs because I'm a rule follower. And I was like, I can't go up too many stairs. So it's <laughs> me and him on the couch. Yeah. Oh and, my gosh. What? Oh, oh my gosh. Listen, I had a little mini bassinet or a little mini crib and I would, listen, it was me and him. I was like, this is my priority. Like it is what it is. Well, my marriage wasn't looking mm -hmm. cute. I remember my husband coming downstairs to get some water from the kitchen and being so mad that he turned a light on because it interrupted me and my sweet baby boy's time. And I realized that for the first couple of weeks postpartum, that newborn was my priority. Like they're just, yeah. he's just helpless, right? But there should have been a switch at about three weeks when he could have probably went to his own room four weeks, however, you know, whatever. And I could have started to prioritize my marriage because now we had gotten so separated because I was like, it's me and this baby boy that I'm obsessed with and you just need to fend for yourself, buddy. I don't even know what my husband ate for the first month or so, okay? I'm like, are you eating? He had I don't a snack. Know. His snack stash <laughs> in his room. There's Twinkie wrappers <laughs> in our bed. There's Twinkie wrappers in our bed. And and it feels like that's what you're saying. It's like, yeah, we're not that like woman, that little statue thing with like the little holdy things and yes, it's like it's a yes. weight on one side. I don't know what I that's called, you. but it's I like we're 
we're saying we're committed to prioritizing when we need to. Is that? That's it. Yeah, you're yeah. getting it. Like you totally get it. I, I think like the language I use is um, we don't need to try to seek balance, but we need to get good at balancing. So it's like a practice. And then in uh, one of my chapters, I have a whole chapter, I use the words right together, which I loved, which you said commitment. And then you said priority. So I have a whole chapter on commitment. And within that chapter, I talk about priorities and how we like we have to learn how to shuffle priorities in a way that we can feel at peace with. And um, one thing I talk about in that chapter is how regularly as moms, there's a conflict between urgent demands and higher order priorities, which is kind of what you're talking about, which is the urgent demands of your son versus the higher order priority of your marriage. And, you know, how do we navigate these really tricky conflicts that come up so often for us? I mean, day to day for us on um, how we prioritize day. our life. Yeah. This is amazing. I feel like a really good student right now. My achiever is really just... <laughs> Am I I'm hitting it. You're doing awesome. I'm this is great. Do I, I need a PhD? Do they need to call me Dr. Tony? <laughs> I'm just kidding. I don't want that. I went to seminary. I don't want no more degrees. It's over for me. Um, okay. So, okay. You also said this mantra, mother yourself like you mother your kids. I don't, I don't even know how, well, how do we do that? Like, yes. Yeah, that's like, that's the book. But yeah, I mean, so I'll break it down a little bit. So the shorthand version is go mom yourself, um, which I have a like a section at the end of the chapter, which is like a reminder. So I try to help moms kind of like remember that phrase so that and then have a trigger with it, whether it's, you know, every time I go to the bathroom, I go mom myself or whatever. I make a sandwich for my kid or, you know, so they can remember to do it. But Part of how we mother ourselves like we mother our kids or we go mom ourselves is to regularly do a self-check-in. You can do it in no time at all. This is not a big ordeal, which is why in the book I give a picture of a relationship. So you have moms will leave the book with a visual in their minds of these are the five areas I'm running my self-check-in through. And I can do one of two things. I can in the moment turn the dials, make a slight adjustment wherever I'm noticing my vulnerabilities where I can get the most bang for my buck. Because sometimes it's like, I need multiple things. What's going <laughs> to help nails, me right massage, now? massage, yeah. everything would be good right now. <laughs> That's good. Exactly. Like what's going to do it for me? Yeah. And then the other thing is if you don't have the time, we all know it when we're like deep in the deep in it with our kids, we're in the trenches, we do not have time to do some of that stuff. At least when you do your self-check-in, you can define what you need. So when we define it, when we provide language and definition to something that is uh, difficult or is like invisible, it empowers us to do something about it. Maybe if not then, but later. And that alone, that definition will provide some immediate relief. Okay, listen, instead of asking your kids all the time, oh, what are your feelings? Like name it to tame it. You need to yes. ask yourself. Yes, yes. I it's love this. So easy. I yes. never do this. You don't do this. I feel now terrible. I mean, I go to counseling. You know, I'm like, I'm in counseling. My counselor's asking me, but like. Right, but isn't it hard to answer ownership, sometimes? Oh, well, it's very hard. But the ownership yeah. of doing it for myself is totally different. Like I'm accountable yeah. to the time that my counselor's giving me and the yeah. time that I'm investing in my mental and emotional health, right? But like to be kind enough to myself to really just like invest in my own self and say, where are we at right now, girl? Like, let's, yeah. take, a, let's take five minutes before we wake up our little baby. And like, really say, how are we today? Well, how about you name it, girl? Wow. Yeah. I'm talking to myself right now. I don't yeah. Well, I think that like, uh, I think a good. lot of women, 
struggle with their needs. So they'll get a moment alone and we'll be like, I don't even know what I need right now to feel good. Or like you go, go talk to a therapist and they're like, how have you been? You're like, oh, actually, I don't know. Let me, give me a minute. Let me tune in. And I think it's such a simple concept to tune into ourselves. I mean, it's, mm. but we, we really don't do it that. very often. I love that. Um, but, you know, I also think about this. OK, this is my achiever talking. But like now when my counselor asks me, I'm actually probably going to be able to tell her because I have checked in with myself on my yes. own time. She's going to be like, how do you feel? I'm going to be like, actually, I wrote a little list down here. Girlfriend, yes. I'll email it to you. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. But I, I love it because you're speaking to a people group that I really do believe like we we do genuinely take the short end of the stick. Like, mm -hmm. We take the short end of the stick at restaurants when it's like, oh, I guess oh. the kids can have all of my meal because they don't want theirs. And dad's just eating a steak by himself. You know, yes, like, we're cutting everybody's food up cutting, and I, like I sweating and yeah, handling the oh, tantrum. Oh, my yeah. goodness. Yeah. Your cute mm -hmm. little outfit that you tried to wear is now <laughs> ruined because your baby decided to suck on the outside of your boob <laughs> through your shirt, through your shirt. And so I just want to say that here on the podcast. Story. Oh, 110%. I used to get these little cute white little tanks from Target. Yeah. And I when I was breastfeeding, my kid, he would just be like, oh, is it time? And he would just <laughs> latch on to the outside of my shirt and there would be baby food right there on my right there. area. Nice. I'm trying to be censored, but I'm like, this is my podcast, guys. Get I'm just going to say what I want to say. That's I'm so just relatable, though. Oh, my gosh. So many breastfeeding and boob stories. <laughs> oh, my goodness. I'm still embarrassed a little bit. Anywho, um, all right, we're, I'm a practical patty. So I love a good story. Yeah. I'm a storyteller. I love it so much. But one thing I'm excited about is some practical tips for moms. And you really weave them in through this whole situation. But yeah. like if we've got note takers here, they're like, this is your moment. What are some tips for us? How do we stop burnout? How do we just care for ourselves and mom ourselves mm. and all the things? Yeah. So um, there's practical tips throughout the whole book. I'll say one that I think is really powerful, um, which again might sound simple, but we don't do it, which is um, where we put our focus. So it's around self-concept. I think Ooh, a lot wait, of moms- what's self-concept? We don't know what yeah. that is. Okay. So, all right. Can I get a little abstract? And oh my gosh, please. Specific? I'm like craving okay? it. Yes. Come on. I'm excited. <laughs> I don't know how much I can ramble on. Okay. So- Self-concept is essentially like we sketch a picture of ourselves in our mind, okay? Now, if you're like, what are you talking about? I'll explain it. But we do this. This is a really easy way to understand. We do it with our partners. So do you ever like talk to your partner and they're about to say something and you kind of like already know where they're going and so you have a reaction? Do you know what I mean? This is you reacting to the picture in your mind of your partner more than actually what's happening in reality. So we sketch these pictures of people we're in relationship with in our minds. And they're based on a little bit of fact, a little bit, but mostly about what we think about what we know. So our opinions about the facts. So like, whatever, like my husband leaves um, socks on the floor all the time. That's a fact. But how I sketch that picture could be like, he's a selfish guy who thinks I'm his maid. Like I got another child or it could be- I got another child. Got another child. People always call their, I, I can't stand it when people do that. But, uh, or- you know, it could be my husband travels a lot and I'm, this is a sign that he's home and I'm grateful. So we have all these sorts of ways of sketching these pictures, how we focus, and the way we sketch these pictures is totally in our control. So moms do this. We do this with ourselves and that's our self-concept. How do we construct this picture in our mind of ourselves? What do we focus on? What do we minimize? So if you're like, got this nice picture sketched 
you are hanging out with your kid, you start and losing your energy, you kind of whatever, and you snap at them and you lose it. In that moment, your picture can shift. And most of the time, us as moms, we shift to the ugliest, nastiest picture of ourselves. We focus in on all of the ways we're falling short, all of the ways we're probably screwed our kid up in that moment. And we in turn feel really yucky. This fuels how we talk to ourselves. Um, and really that ends up draining more energy, making us more likely to lose it later on in the day. So it has this like additive effect. So the quick intervention is think about how you're sketching your picture. Where are you focusing? You can shift your focus on all of the ways you show up well for your kids, on the big picture of what's going on in your life. Maybe this was an exception. How do you shift your focus in order to have a clearer and and better self-concept? I mean, we're, we're reminded of this, you know, um, in scripture even. It's like Philippians chapter four, verse eight. It's like focus on things that are praiseworthy and noble and pure and lovely. And it's like, we need to practice this in our wow. relationship with ourselves. This is so, there's so much good stuff to what you just said. There's a level of gratitude, right? Like recognizing mm -hmm. that, I mean, God gave us these tiny humans and yeah. God gave us our spouse and socks are an indication that you have this living, breathing, beautiful human yeah. being who's committed their life to you. And there's a sense of gratitude. And then there's also, man, oh my gosh, I'm learning so much right now. I'm so excited. This is not even for y'all. This is not even for the followers. What are they called? <laughs> listeners. I love the listeners. I'm grateful that you're here. This is for my own self. I hope you're getting something out of it. But there's that. And then there really is like this, we call it the story that we're telling ourselves. Like this yes. is what we have to say from Marriage Counseling Girl. That's yes. like the story I'm telling myself is you ain't taking out the trash because you hate me. Okay. Yes. It's like, what? And it's this, this reframing about your life and you're so right like it haunts me for days it sometimes it's not even the parenting that's hard it's the guilt that comes with it and that yes. i am taking myself through that's hard but if we could just reframe that wait tell it yes. tell me again self say it say the word again i want to learn it i want to have it concept self concept yeah just our picture of ourselves in our mind how we you think of it you know like that. how they do those caricatures of presidents oh like, yeah I, that's what we do. Day. We'll be like, what are we making ridiculously big and make oh. and like highlighting? Resketch it. That's so good. Yeah. One of the things that is really hard as a parent is trying to parent well with no resources. <laughs> like no books, no access to things that can really help you process through it. And so I'm excited because I have gotten to be a part of a project that I've needed for myself. And it's my brand new kids book. It's called Broken Crayon Still Color. It's helping littles process their big feelings. And y'all, it is just the, I don't know, that's the joy of my heart right now because I'm seeing kids, maybe for the first time, parents, maybe for the first time, talking about something that's been taboo for a long time. Like, our feelings and the fact that when we have big feelings, good ones and really bad ones, like it doesn't make us bad. God still loves us no matter what. And I'm excited because this book is touching the world. It's being put out in Target. Yep, that's a big deal. It'll be in Target, in stores, and it's just cool. I hope that you grab a copy for the kids in your life, for you, maybe yourself as a parent. 
All you need to do is head on over to tonyjcollier.com backslash crayons. It'll also be in the show notes. I hope you grab a copy. Yay. Okay, there's also something that you said. There's another layer to this, like uh, Dr. Kurt Thompson. He's been on the podcast a few times. Mm-hmm. He's so great. Um, a neurobiologist, but like he also has this faith bend to it. It's beautiful. He said sometimes we we get and stay into the weeds of our lives instead of coming up and seeing the whole, like all the la- all yes. the acres. And yes. you said that it's like, we are just looking at all the little crevices, all the weeds that we're picking out versus coming up and seeing this acres, totally. these acres of beauty that yes. represent our lives. <gasps> I love that. I like that. So I, same concept. So Mine yeah. is twisting the aperture of like a camera lens. So it's the same concept, like you can zoom in on something or you can zoom out and get the big, the big picture, right? Like he's talking about the whole landscape. And I think it's really helpful, but we have to, like, we have control over how we do that. And so we have to do that mindfully. I think about the zoomed out perspective you see all over social media, which is, oh, you only have 18 summers that's zoomed out and that can be helpful. Or that can be kind of guilt inducing where you're like, oh no, but I didn't make the most of the summer. Yeah. And so twist that lens, zoom in, zoom in on how you're showing up, zoom in on those fun moments. You know, you can, you can fluctuate between zooming in and zooming out. And it has a really powerful impact on how you experience motherhood. Dr. Morgan Cutlip. (laughs) This was a, here's, if you're listening to this and or watching this, like, there's some other mamas who need to hear. Like, this is one of the resources that you send, okay? Don't send the pumpkin spice latte with the cold foam. I mean, like, send those too. Send all the recipes and such. But, like, we need to send more recipes for, like, our lives, okay? So true. <laughs> How to build a good life, okay? That's what we need. We're making good lives here. Um, I'm excited for you. I'm excited about your book. I think, I, again, like, I have been scrolling down your page, looking for content, studying you, getting prepped for this, and... It's freedom that you're giving us as moms. Yeah. And I think that's really meaningful. And I think mm-hmm. that like that changes and shifts a generation because I mean, what would it be like if we all had coffee with other moms and and we were practicing and taking in these resources and episodes like this in your book? And we said, I really like momming is really hard, but I'm in a really good space about it right now. Yeah. Yeah. How good Can would we that have be? that conversation one day? it's good well i appreciate yeah. your time oh, and your expertise awesome. and you kudos to your really dad good. thank oh. you <laughs> well it's all true because you can't say no thank i can't just you. be lying on my own podcast out here you know what i'm saying like that could get weird and then people are going to follow you and they're going to be like well this girl sucks well, no you're weird. actually really amazing <laughs> thank you I can't. um and i just i'm excited for everything that you're doing so i think it's gonna appreciate be great it. thanks for being thank on you. girl thank you for having me Hope you have a great day, y'all. Share the episode. Hey, fam. I just want to thank you so much for listening to the Still Coloring Podcast. I also just want to say that I do not do this alone. I have an incredible team that helps to make this podcast possible. It's produced by me and my lovely assistant, Amanda Reed. All of the episodes are edited by Robert Elkins. If you love the artwork and the graphics and all the marketing that we do, it's done by Natalie Maxey of Nueva Creative. Also, 
We have illustration show notes. Head to my website, tonyjcollier.com backslash podcast, and you can download illustrated show notes done by my girl, Emily Mills of Sketch Academy. All right, last thing. If you love listening to the podcast, you are really going to enjoy watching it. So head on over to my YouTube channel and watch the full episodes done by my girl, Kendall Patterson of Lovely House Media. Let me remind you of something right now. Even when you're in the middle of the greatest pain of your life, even when all hope seems lost, just know that God is in the business of healing and he is still and always will be your ultimate redeemer. Love you.